a Christian is to be like Christ in all ways. Salvation in Christ Jesus is therefore about what we become in the first instance. And in the second instance, it is about what we do. This morning, my dear friends, brothers and sisters, and all those who will hear this message, I want to wish you God's blessings as we continue to read the teachings of Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. And at this particular point, focusing on the blessings or the Beatitudes. Today, we look at the fifth Beatitude, the one that talks about mercy. And our reading is a one short verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Shall we pray? Almighty and everlasting Father, we ask for your attention even as we pray. We ask you, Lord, that you may give us attention indeed, that we may hear what you say and do what you say we should do and live as you wish us um, to live and do the things, Lord God, that give you honor and glory, the things that are of benefit to other people. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. So let's go straight away to our word, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. Now Jesus calls blessed those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I'm sure we all do want to be blessed. If so, then we need to be merciful. And today we are going to learn how to be merciful as our Sophia is merciful. I think, my dear friends, that it is fair to keep on reminding ourselves as we continue in this study and as we continue in our walk with Jesus day by day, that the, the intention here of the Bible and in our particular context, the Beatitudes and overall the Sermon on the Mount, as we continue to meditate on this part of the Bible, it is important to emphasize on this character of the Christian man and the Christian woman. A Christian is one in whom Jesus lives. A Christian has the mind and the heart, the attitude, the character of Jesus and the Christian life and behavior are like those of Jesus. A Christian is to be like Christ in all ways. Salvation in Christ Jesus is therefore about what we become in the first instance. And in the second instance, it is about what we do. All right, our work or our works 
are important after we have received Christ. The first thing is to first of all know Christ in a personal way to be born again. And then our works count henceforth. Later on, we will come to that point of the Sermon on the Mount where the life of a Christian from day to day is defined in relation to the world, in his relationship with other people. As we will see, life in Christ is not a matter of some minor adjustments in our lives, but a total overhaul. In fact, the Bible talks about the necessity of death of our old nature and a new birth in Christ, resulting in a new person. Every Christian ought to say like Paul, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live in faith, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, as we read in Galatians 2.20. Last Sunday, our focus was on the blessing of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we did define righteousness as a desire to have a right relationship with God and with fellow human beings. One of the results of hungering and thirsting for righteousness is that we become merciful in relation to other people, especially those who are suffering for one reason or another. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. So let's ask ourselves, if that's the case, what is mercy? And what does it take to be merciful? In the ordinary or even the legal sense of the word mercy, mercy refers to an act of a person in authority, such as a judge showing clemency to a convicted offender, or even a school principal who waives school fees for a poor child. In the Bible, mercy relates to at least two areas of life. One, it relates to forgiveness of sin or withholding of punishment. For example, God showed his mercy when he sacrificed his son Jesus Christ on the cross in order to pay the price or the penalty for our sins. Accordingly, accordingly we read in the Old Testament, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not harbor his anger forever. He does not threat. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This is to be found in Psalm 103 verses 8 to 10 and verse 13. In the same vein, David, when he sinned, prayed 
a prayer of repentance, saying, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That is again in the Psalms, this time Psalms 51. Now compassion, uh, let me say this point, is, um, is a partner to mercy. First of all, we have compassion in our heart and then we take action. We, take, we, 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 we do an act of mercy. In the New Testament as well, uh, we see Jesus um, telling uh, uh, a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector going to pray. I won't bother with the Pharisee today. Let me deal with the tax collector. The tax collector knew he was a sinner. In fact, so the, the, the society in which uh, uh, the tax collectors uh, lived regarded them as the worst of all sinners. And the tax collector... He came to pray, and he prayed, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Luke records and says, he went home justified. In other words, his prayer was answered. God exercises his justice and his mercy in equal measure. The holiness of God demands that sinners be punished. And indeed, in the Old Testament, we see God punishing both his enemies and his friends as well because of their sins. The first to taste God's sense of justice were Adam and Eve when they ate the forbidden, forbidden fruit and they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. During the time of Noah, God did not hesitate to destroy all of life on earth except the family of Noah and those who were with him in the, uh, in the boat or in the ark as it is called because they sinned against God. Well, so God in his justice punished the sinners and the world but God in his mercy saved Noah. God also destroyed the two cities very uh, sinful cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but spared Lot and his family. So again, justice and mercy. In Egypt, Pharaoh's stubbornness toward, toward God left his country devastated from the wrath of God. His army was drowned in the Red Sea. Well, God did not spare his nation of Israel uh, either. He saved them from Egypt, but in the desert he sent poisonous snakes against them because of their sins and their rebellion, and many of them died. Moses himself did not make it to the promised land uh, because he failed in one particular uh, aspect. And when Joshua came to take the land, he devastated the cities and the families of the Canaanites without mercy. So, um, as we talk about God's mercy and forgiveness of sin, let us not forget his holiness that does not leave any sin unpunished. On the other hand, the love of God demands that repentant sinners be showed mercy and forgiveness. It is for that reason 
that God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, that sinners who believed in him may be saved. Now, that is one aspect of mercy, namely the forgiveness of sin and withholding of punishment. Now, the second one, the second aspect of mercy, uh, mercy as compassion for the suffering. As we have seen, a large component of mercy has to do with forgiveness. We have already mentioned that God in his mercy gave the world the gift of his son Jesus to take the punishment that was due to us and that Jesus died in our place that our sins be forgiven. In the same manner, Jesus expects his followers to be merciful to those who offend them, to refrain from revenge and even to show mercy to our enemies and to refrain from rejoicing when our enemies fall into some problems. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually says we should pray for our persecutors and do good to those who do evil to us. The principle here is we are forgiven to forgive. Thus, Jesus taught us to pray, forgive our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. As demonstration of this, Jesus told the parable of the unforgiving servant who was given a large, you know, uh, who, whose debt, whose large debt to his master was canceled because the master exercised mercy. And, but, uh, the, but, but the servant whose debt has been forgiven would not forgive the very minor debt owed to him by a fellow servant, but he insisted on his right and had his fellow servant put to jail until he would pay every penny of it. At the cross, Jesus prayed for his tormentors, saying, God forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And Stephen, the first Christian martyr on record, prayed the same prayer as they stoned him to death. This, my dear friends, is what Jesus expects of all Christians. Therefore, my friends, let us, let, I mean, let, 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 let us understand from, uh, from, from what we have seen so far, it is not a walk in the park to be a Christian. It, it takes the mercy of God for us to live the Christian life. And that's why we should continue looking, uh, reading his word and living the life prescribed here for us every day. Now, mercy also involves compassion for people in need. The merciful, therefore, are concerned with seeking man's liberation from all forms of oppression and injustice. And um, the prophets of the Old Testament were very emphatic on this matter. Justice, compassion for widows and orphans, for the foreigner, for the marginalized, for the poor, for the sick. Now, when Jesus came preaching, or at the beginning of his, mass, uh, of his ministry, according to, the, uh, to Luke, he 
declared that his mission was actually based on this very subject we are talking about. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Soon after declaring his mission statement and his job description, Jesus went about from village to village doing good, as it is written in the book of Acts. He went about healing the sick. He went around, first of all, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And he healing the sick, casting out demons, feeding the hungry, and even raising the dead back to life. Jesus expects his followers to be as concerned as he was about the well-being of the whole person, of other people's, you know, concern for other people's welfare. We cannot preach salvation of sins, salvation of sinners, without at the same time being concerned about their social needs. In this respect, the merciful are those who are full of compassion towards others. They pity all those who are suffering, either from the consequences of sin, or from sorrow, or from sickness, or from poverty, or from oppression, and all, and from all you know, forms of injustice. But that is not all. It is not enough to feel pity, or to feel sympathetic, or compassion. The merciful make it their duty to help those who are in these circumstances. Like Jesus, they are always doing good. They show mercy to others by helping in meeting their needs and especially in leading them to Jesus that they may be saved. Jesus says, those who are both concerned about these things and are actively, actively in, in, involved in acts of mercy are blessed and they will themselves be shown mercy. Now what does it mean then for a Christian to be shown mercy, you know? What does this blessing mean? They are blessed who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. What does it mean? Now our version of the Lord's Prayer is, you know, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven others, as we have forgiven our debtors. I mean, my, my version of, the, of, 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 of NIV is, for, it says, forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is a good example of how mercy works. As Christians, we already have been shown mercy for our sins and have been freely forgiven by grace through faith. But it is not an easy road. My friends, we are traveling to heaven as an old song says. There are dangers on the way, and we will suffer foot sores, and be weary, and stumble sometimes. But 
Jesus in his mercy travels right beside us, making smooth every rugged surface and making light every heavy load. My brothers and my, my sisters in the Lord, let us remember that our salvation is not yet complete. It has been said we are saved and we are being saved and will yet be saved. On the day of judgment, we will also appear before Christ to be judged. Now judgment will be on how we have lived here on earth, how we have related to God and to other people. Now, so apart from the love of mercy, my friends, one can say, apart from the love and mercy of God in Christ, we can be sure that none of us will be saved. That's why at this particular moment in time, we are called to be merciful as our Lord is merciful. Remember, all those who are suffering from lack of food, shelter, clothes, the sick, victims of oppression and injustice. And during this time of lockdowns and job losses and business collapsing due to COVID, it gives us a wonderful opportunity, my friends, to reach out to someone and make a difference in their lives as an act of mercy. Above all, let us remember that those, all those who are dying and all those who may die without ever hearing the good news of the kingdom of heaven. Friends, we have been shown mercy and we will, we will yet be shown mercy at the judgment. Each one of us, let us ask ourselves, am I a merciful person? Do I, have I been shown mercy? Do I qualify for this blessing of the merciful? The answer, my friends, only you can give, but it is a challenge. It is a challenge to all of us. Christ proclaims this blessing, and it is ours for the asking. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Amen, amen, may it be so, may it be so. Let us pray. Father in heaven, once again we have heard your voice. And Lord, it is up to us to respond and say yes, or to say no, or just to ignore the whole thing. But Lord, it is an awful thing to be unconcerned, to be unfeeling about the condition of others, those who are suffering, who are grieving, who are in pain of one kind or another, those without means, food, clothes, and, 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 and the necessities of this life, when we are in a position to help, Father, touch our hearts and help us to be merciful as we have been shown mercy. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. Thank you.